0: Welcome to Expanding Circles, Episode 2. I'm your host, Jonathan Isaacson. Today's origin story involves melted boots, Las Vegas clubs, and a meltdown in a hogwon. Today's guest is Cassie Leone, who became a member of the teaching staff here at the Global Teaching Institute in its second year. Enjoy! Okay, so our next guest is Cassie. So say hi to the folks, Cassie.
1: Hi. <laughs> so,
0: um, so let's we'll start off just briefly. Tell me about where are you from.
1: I am from Ely, Minnesota, and it's pretty small. Actually, most people here at this job are either from California or Oregon. It seems. So I'm kind of special in that regard.
0: Whereabouts in Minnesota is Ely? Uh, Is upstate or?
1: Very upstate. It's northeast Minnesota and we're about, oh, I don't know, an hour and a half from the Canadian border.
0: Okay. So further north than Duluth?
1: Oh, yeah, two hours north of Duluth.
0: Okay. That, you're way up
1: there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep.
0: Yeah, because I, I I lived in Minnesota a little for a while when I was a kid, but it was in the in the cities down the Twin Cities. Oh, okay.
1: So. That were that was like family vacation time for us, okay. traveling four hours away.
0: <laughs> okay, so so what? Tell me a little, bit just a little bit about about Ely. What, well, what's there? <laughs>
1: uh, it's got about thirty five hundred people, and they're know. They're from Slovenia, or they're either from uh, Italy, or they're from Norway. I mean, immigrants that came over from those places. Uh, So there's a lot of old people. Seems like an aging city. People go there to retire.
0: Really? people? Okay. So people who don't want to go to Florida go to Ely. (laughs) Uh,
1: Also, Ely is famous for the BWCA. It's the Boundary Waters Canoe... Wilderness area and it's like this pristine preserved wilderness area that people from all over the states come to To go camping.
0: Okay, so it's a big nature kind of place, right? Okay. Yeah, so You like Ely
1: I like Ely. I think it was a good safe place to grow up Um, but all along growing up i knew how close-minded people were and how small of a town it was so i personally always saw myself getting out and not being stuck there like my parents were in my eyes they're (laughs) high school sweethearts they grew up there they still live there (laughs) so
0: okay (laughs) yeah i can see not wanting to necessarily follow that path so yeah as, as As nice as it may be for some, not for everyone. Right, yeah. So, okay. (laughs) So, I guess then some of the first steps in getting out would be going to university. Where'd you do your undergrad?
1: Yeah, that's right. Going to university. That was my first step out. Um, I wanted to go as far as possible, but also stay in the state. Um, I went to SCSU, which is St. Cloud State University, Um, middle of Minnesota, basically.
0: Yeah, I think, I remember, I think I might have been to St. Cloud State once for probably some sort of, because I played Ultimate Frisbee in university, Oh, and I think it might have been at St. Cloud State. Yeah. that I think there was a tournament we went to once. So yeah, I, I think I've been to St. Cloud State once. So Frisbee, I, Ultimate Frisbee, okay. Because yeah, yeah. I
1: know Frolfing was really popular at SESU. Okay. <laughs> um,
0: so what did you major in as an undergrad?
1: Uh, it was English with oh. an emphasis in creative writing.
0: Okay, so... Why did you choose English?
1: Um, I originally wanted to be a writing teacher in America. So teaching people writing. I've grown to like English. I used to hate it growing up, but it became more interesting to me.
0: So when you say teaching uh, writing, like at what level? Like junior, uh, high school, university? Just...
1: Uh, I wanted to teach writing at university level.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, that, so that's kind of how you get started with English, obviously. So right. Did you like writing tutoring and things like that as an undergrad? or?
1: Um, not as a job, not as an undergrad job, but a lot of my friends asked me for writing help. I was more interested in like the free-flowing ideas and not research writing, analytical writing. I wanted to be, you know.
0: Kind of creative writing kind of stuff.
1: Creative writing fiction.
0: Okay, right. and so um, what did you do right after you, after you graduated? What did you do? Did you get a job?
1: <laughs> right after I graduated from university, I went back to South Korea to start teaching English.
0: You went back to South Korea? Yes. Okay, so what was the first time in South Korea?
1: <laughs> it was during my junior year of college. I decided that I needed to study abroad at least once before I graduated and it happened to be South Korea. I'm not sure why <laughs> uh, because they don't have a lot to do with English majors there. <laughs> okay,
0: so, so how if you're not sure why or how did that happen?
1: Well, actually at my school, so they had a bunch of different uh, study abroad options, but each study abroad option was focused towards a specific major. Um, Business majors, management, uh, Spanish majors, right? But there was nothing really focused on English majors. So... I just said, yeah, South Korea sounds fine. That that looks good. It's not actually geared towards a specific major and maybe that's why I chose it.
0: Okay. So did did you have any real prior knowledge of South Korea or just said why not?
1: <laughs> yeah. I said, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> okay.
0: And do you enjoy your time in South Korea?
1: Yeah. Actually, when I was there, I was trying to figure out how to get credits for being an English major, not just wasting my time while I was there. Okay. So I decided to do some volunteer English teaching and I taught ministers uh, English as part of the program. And then I also went to an elementary school to volunteer teaching English there.
0: Okay. So that, was that would that have been your first kind of e, I guess I'll be EFL? experience
1: that was the first time I had ever taught English and After I finished teaching English as a volunteer opportunity in South Korea I decided that's what I wanted to do. Okay instead of creative writing. I wanted to teach English
0: Okay, so then you graduate and then you go back to Korea,
1: right? I went back to Korea Okay. because I had made a lot of friends during my undergrad. We all had to live in a dormitory together and so I had made a lot of uh, Korean friends. Um, so I wanted to go back to see them, but I also wanted to teach there for a year and get some kind of experience.
0: Okay, so what what kind of uh, what kind of uh, institution were you teaching at?
1: Uh, it was a private hagwon.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, the, the infamous hagwons. <laughs> <hog> <laughs> yes,
1: that's right. Yeah, I've heard a lot about
0: them. <laughs> how was how <is> that? <laughs>
1: uh, I'm sure you've heard some stories. The stories are not that great of hagwons. Um...
0: But the real question, are they true?
1: Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as soon as I walked in, you wouldn't believe it, but this girl who was working at that hagwon handed me a thick stack of papers on my first day, and she dropped it on my desk, and she said, here you go look at all of these rules and regulations about working in Korea, and all the things this school isn't doing, and they won't pay you your money, and they will take from you, and these are all the things we're not getting, and make sure you read all of my highlighted areas closely. And then, after that, I sat at my desk wondering what I had just gotten myself into. uh, A fight broke out between her and the principal of the school. So she started yelling, and he started yelling, and then she started getting really aggressive with her movements, and he took out a video recorder, and he was starting to videotape her, like, getting crazy in the office. And then she took her bag and walked out, and <laughs> that was my first day at the school.
0: <laughs> it's your first day? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Hogwarts. <laughs> Okay, so the stories are true, (laughs) apparently.
1: Uh, At least know what you're getting into before you get into it. And I was aware of what I was getting into from that day on.
0: Well, that's (laughs) trial by fire, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, okay, that's... So how long did you last there?
1: I lasted a year, and they wanted me to stay longer. Okay. Uh, There was one month where he didn't pay us he kept our paychecks and
0: so this is like the the principal the principal of the school.
1: i was the only person that went to his office directly which you're not supposed to do go to anyone directly but i went above everyone and said you shouldn't be taking our money this is the regular paycheck that we always get and you're not you're not you know holding up your end of the bargain and we all have places apartments and we have all these obligations after that month, he never took money from me ever again.
0: Why? Why? Why would he do that in the first place? Did you ever find out? I
1: think just to see if he could get away with it without people noticing.
0: Huh. That's special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So I made it a year there. So, what did you do after? And then after you left the one? what did you end up doing?
1: Ah. Uh, okay. So that's when I got back to America, and I was kind of lost and i was you know 23 at that point and i didn't really know what i wanted to do but at the same time um, my dad works for the u.s he was working for the u.s force service mm-hmm. and he was on a project in las vegas so he was uh, hired by a company to to design bridges and other structures out in their forest area in Las Vegas. Um, he's an engineer. So he said, because he's been doing forest service work, I don't know, since he's he's been 20, uh, he said... Um, Why don't you come to Las Vegas and, uh, you know, try out to be a firefighter, a wildland firefighter? Because that's what I did when I was in my 20s. And it's a really good way to make money. So while you're thinking about what to do, why not just come to Las Vegas and live with me? (laughs) So obviously, because I had no good plan, I definitely went.
0: (laughs) That's certainly not something most of us can say we've ever done. (laughs) Forest Forest Service firefighter. Yep. Okay. How long did you How long did you do that?
1: I did that for one season mm-hmm. because within that season, I um, I decided to go to graduate school, and so I applied while I was in Las Vegas, and mm-hmm. I got accepted. So I finished my season in Las Vegas. But before I did that, I was training to be this firefighter. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of physical tests that I had to pass. And I had to go to rookie school. So before that, I was club promoting in Las Vegas because I needed some cash before that.
0: <laughs> so, so you're training to be a firefighter and you're club promoting yeah. in Las Vegas. Yes. That's that's an interesting way to go. <laughs>
1: uh, really interesting. And I think for many people that know me, very unexpected.
0: <laughs> I, I'm, I, I have to say I'm a bit surprised. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Okay, so club pr- club promotion, that just, the question is, were you good at it?
1: No, I was horrible at it.
0: <laughs> okay, that, that doesn't surprise me at least. <laughs> <laughs> the fact horrible. that you were doing it in the first place is what surprises me.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I would also be absolutely horrible at that. Like, hey, you want to come to the club? No? Okay, that's cool. See ya.
1: <laughs> and not only that, but I had to get girls to come to the clubs, and I was being trained by two, how do you like suave guys that you know are really ladies men and they're like oh well look at how it's done we'll we'll show you some examples and of course they just go up to big groups of girls put their arms around them and say hey ladies what are you doing tonight you know and then they come back and say oh, it's just like that it's a piece <laughs> of cake <laughs> so
0: not <laughs> thinking at all about the whole Gender dynamic at work.
1: Yeah, right uh, Let's just say it didn't go the same when <laughs> I tried to do it.
0: <laughs> I, I can imagine
1: <laughs> Yeah,
0: so so oh Goodness, so did you do any actual firefighting?
1: Yeah, uh, the club promotion was short-lived which I'm happy about and <laughs> I finished The majority of my time doing firefighting in Las Vegas. I did pass all of the tests. I went to rookie school I did firefighting. I was the only girl on my team, and there were five other guys. I was held to the same standard as everyone else. As
0: you would hope for firefighters. Yeah. Don't, don't can't make exceptions for anyone. Right. So,
1: so yeah, it was really difficult, unrelenting.
0: I, I'm sure, because <laughs> fires don't take weekends. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... Were there any, uh, any excitement ever out in the field? Hmm. Or just you know standard routine fire
1: no there was a really big fire it was my first fire that we ever went to uh it was outside of las vegas in a really small town and it started as uh, a cactus fire as a lot of them do and it grew into a brush fire and then it started catching the trees around the brush on fire and well, this was my first fire, so I was super nervous about it. So now there was, like, this wall of flame on one side and also trees above us on fire, and we had to go through this tunnel of fire <laughs> uh, to, to put it out. And so that was super scary, so I really had to trust my teammates. Um,
0: yeah, I, I yeah, that's not something I think a lot of us could do.
1: We uh, We don't have any special, you know— breathing masks like they do for structural fires and city firefighters. So I threw up a couple times breathing in the smoke that we had to to breathe in. And my boots melted a little bit on that trip from all the ash that we had to walk on.
0: <laughs> so uh, but you say it started from a cactus fire?
1: Yeah. And I it,
0: was not aware that that was a thing
1: uh, out
0: in kind of desert areas.
1: I think... That, those start on fire when we get uh, heat lightning out there, so. um, The
0: the things you learn. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Scary. Okay, so then why, so you did that for one season, you said? Yep. And then you had made your decision to go on to grad school?
1: Grad school, yep.
0: Where'd you end up going for grad school?
1: Um, I went to a school called SIT, which is School for International Training in Brattleboro, Vermont.
0: In Vermont, okay.
1: Yeah. This school is well known for um, M.A. and TESOL. Okay. That's what I wanted to do.
0: Okay, so was that kind of from your Korea experience that kind of made you realize that that was good, TESOL was the way to go?
1: Yeah, after my study abroad experience, I decided that that's what I wanted to do. And so, I mean, I was almost graduating. I had another year left, so... It was just before I finished my undergrad that I decided to start taking linguistics classes and English teaching classes and start learning more about it. But getting the experience teaching in Korea was also what got me into grad school.
0: Okay. So how, how, was, how was your grad school experience? I, I'll, I'll be honest, I've never heard of it. SIT, you said? SIT, yeah. yeah. I'll be honest, I've never heard of it.
1: but. Um, how was it? It was really small, really super small campus, and it was a really great experience. It, uh, they focus on hands-on experience, experiential learning, so everything we did was immediately available to us and accessible, and we could take what we were learning in the classroom and go out and do it, and very tangible. The teachers were, uh, very cooperative and uh, friendly and personable. I mean, the classrooms were so small. I don't know, there were 30 people per class and they knew everybody in the program from year to year. Mm-hmm. So it was like a personal on one-on-one level that people knew you.
0: Okay, well, that sounds like a good experience then. Yeah. <clears throat> so how about right after grad school, what'd you end up doing?
1: Right after grad school, I, Moved back to Minnesota and I was thinking that I needed to get a serious job now now (laughs) that I'm done with that
0: What club promotion wasn't in your future?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, unfortunately, no (laughs) So I went back to Minnesota and I started looking on my grad school's job board and I found The job listed for TIUA Okay and I It sounded really interesting to me. The salary sounded good. Working in America with a Japanese population sounded really interesting to me, with the probability of going to Japan for two years after training in Oregon. Okay. So I applied, I got in, and my next move was the other side of the country to Oregon.
0: Okay, so you're one of the one of the folks that did the TIUA. Yeah. Training. Okay. How many of you were on in that that ended up here?
1: Um, I think there were 10 of us. 10?
0: Okay. So that was how many years ago was that? Now? That was 4 years ago. 4 years then. ago. Okay. And so TIUA, TIUA for one year?
1: Yeah, about 8 months, almost almost a full year we okay. were training there.
0: Okay. And was there anything in particular about TIUA and Tokyo International University in particular that made you say, hey, this is the right choice? Or was it just kind of looking at all the other possibilities This just was the best of the possibilities?
1: Um, It sounded the most interesting to me. And it would be the first real serious job that I would ever have. So I thought, well, why Japan?
0: Yeah, why why Japan? Why Tokyo? <laughs> um,
1: that's where I was really looking for a challenge. Anything that I knew about Japan, I only knew from uh, a quick one-week trip to Japan in 2009 um, mm-hmm. for vacation. Mm-hmm. And from what I saw, it looked pretty crazy. I I knew the population was going to be way different from any other student population that I had ever worked with. And I knew... The work culture would be completely different, much like it was in Korea, and that was strenuous. But I thought maybe coming to Japan would not only be a challenge, but very good for me to grow.
0: Well, very noble reasons, <laughs> personal growth and all that. Yeah. Well, that's that's good. Um, so has your experience lived up to your expectations?
1: Uh, it didn't start out that great, but... I've accomplished more here than I ever thought I would okay. in four years.
0: So why, why didn't it start out so great?
1: Oh Well, <laughs> my first week here in Japan, um, there was the train incident.
0: The train incident? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've heard this story yet.
1: Oh, okay. Well, maybe if other GTFs listen to this, they'll, they'll know. Um, the first week we moved here, we were all on a train and we were coming back from Tokyo. And it was packed. It was towards the end of the night, not last train yet, but... Getting
0: on towards that time.
1: Right. And we were all speaking in English because that's what we do. Not loud because that's against the rules, but, you know, in a nice volume. And the guy that was sitting directly in front of me was getting a little upset that we're speaking English. And then he started getting more agitated, and then visibly agitated, until he started saying things out loud in Japanese, like, I hate foreigners. Why are they speaking English on this train? I wish they'd shut up, and I wish they'd get off this train, right? So we just spoke quieter. There's nowhere else to move on the train. It was packed. Um, I happened to be standing in front of him, Uh, He made a move where he was trying to adjust his leg as he was sitting, but he kicked me in the process, and I looked at my leg, which was now dirty, and then I looked at him, and that's when he wound up as hard as he could and kicked me. So I fell onto the ground in the train because I was kicked that hard, and of course all the other gtfs were like oh my gosh oh my gosh and you know trying to help me up and i was crying but as i looked around no one else cared everyone else was on their cell phone not paying attention to what just happened
0: Jeez. Yes.
1: That, that's,
0: yeah, that's, that's just need to jump in here for a second Cassie wanted me to amend her story just slightly. After thinking about the train incident and listening to someone else's version of the story, she did recall that there was a single Japanese gentleman on the train who did try to help out, but he was the only person. Other than that, the story stands as Cassie tells it. Now back to Cassie. Yeah, that, so. that's yeah. That's that's not a good first impression.
1: <laughs> uh, it took me a year to get over that.
0: I I I can understand that, because <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just he was agitated. But it was he was also agitated because you were foreigners. Right. That's uh, that's annoying and frustrating.
1: Yeah, I think he was a little crazy. It was unfortunate that that had to happen my first week.
0: Yeah, that's one of those things. I think if you'd been here a year or whatever, you could probably. Rationalize it a little better and deal with it better, but right when you your first time You know you've been here a week, right? And all of a sudden this crazy guy starts complaining about the foreigners. Yeah, I can <laughs> See that being problematic. Yeah Wow, okay, but hopefully then things got better
1: well, Things did get better. Um yeah, it turned out to be a happy ending. I'm glad that I came here. I learned a lot from the people, from the culture, from this job. So I don't regret any of it.
0: Okay. And uh, so I know you're heading back to the States pretty soon.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: And uh, what? any big plans at this point?
1: Uh, at this point, it's to go back to Minnesota and just take you know, a little downtime, maybe a month or two but my next big plan is to hopefully get over to the Middle East somewhere. Um, I have some friends from grad school that are from the Middle East, and I also have an undergrad friend who's from the Middle East, and hopefully there's some job opportunities for me there.
0: I mean, it seems that that is a big uh, market right now in the TESOL world. That is not, I mean, it's traditionally been Saudi Arabia, but now like UAE and other places seem to be really kind of pushing in that direction. I mean, Turkey, I think, as well, right, kind of become a yeah. big market right. for, for TESOL teachers. So,
1: I'm hopefully looking at it uh, as another new adventure, some new context that I've never been exposed to, um, a new place I've never been.
0: And I'm sure the student population will be very, very different than our Japanese students.
1: I think so. I can expect that 100%. <laughs> I mean, t-
0: having, just having taught a few... Not a large number, but a few of our uh, our non-Japanese students here in E-Track from the Middle East. They're a very different personality to, I mean, to overly stereotype, but compared to our Japanese students, very different. Hi. <laughs> and definitely some good things and some challenging things, but certainly an adventure, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. So hopefully that's my next move. I don't mm-hmm. have anything set in stone yet, but that's what I'm looking
0: okay. towards. And then, kind of long-term, any thoughts? Were you just going to be going from country to country, teaching your way around the world?
1: Initially, that was the plan. Um, but I'm hoping to, I don't know, especially within the next 10 years, if not the f- next five years, to get grounded somewhere in the U.S.
0: Okay. So the ultimate goal is back in the States? Yeah. So then, what would you like? ESL-type teaching, you think? or?
1: Um. Yeah, eh, I would stay in this field if I didn't move into some sort of academic international student advising. Position. Okay, so
0: I kind of be one of the advisors for the international students at a university or something like that.
1: Right, that's that's also another area since I've been at TIU that I'm really interested in.
0: Kind of helping out the the foreign kids figure yeah. out what the heck they're doing in yeah. this <laughs> in this crazy mixed up culture that is America.
1: Uh yeah yeah or just you know maybe guiding them in their education and helping them with you know advice that they need along the way
0: yes since i'm sure everywhere the education cultures are so different from country to country right kind of slotting yourself into the in finding your place in the the new system
1: yeah that's right yeah.
0: yeah well uh good luck on all that i hope everything goes well and uh Thank you for taking some time and talking with me.
1: Yeah, thanks for letting me do this before I get out of here.
0: It's been a lot of fun, and good luck.
1: All right. See ya.
0: That's all for Expanding Circles for today. I'll keep making these things as long as I can find people to talk to, and as long as people are listening. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Isaacson.